get to White House correspondent Deborah J. Sanders. There's some good Trump news out there in polling. So CNN's got a poll out where Trump's approval rating is up a tick to 42%. He's actually higher in some other polls, but that the, the point of this, this mentioning this CNN poll is he's up, having had, according to the media, several terrible weeks. Often when he, the media says he's had a terrible week, his approval rating goes up. Yep. And this poll, which I found interesting, this is from USA Today. Do you agree with President Trump that the Mueller investigation is a witch hunt or that the president is being investigated more than other presidents because of his policies? 50% yes, 47% no. Wow. It's barely a majority, but it's a majority. And it's and not it's just at a, least half. And if you watched the mainstream media, you'd believe it's a tiny minority of crazy people who right. think that. Right. Deborah J. Saunders is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal and joins us now. Hello, Deborah J. How are you? Do I have to be boisterous today? Boisterous, yes. It's another boisterous okay. hour of the Armstrong and Getty show. It's, I'm it's, boisterous. So listen, let's start with the uh, president's tweet storm. It was uh, astounding. 50 or so tweets in the course of 48 hours. Uh, that's a lot of tweeting, as I said earlier, if you're unemployed. I mean, he should have gone golfing. We all know that. Yeah, wow. So what uh, what all did uh, what topics did the tweets cover? Uh what didn't they cover? I think is the real question. I mean, he got into the people he doesn't like. He got into the Mueller investigation. He got into pretty much anything that was on his mind. I yeah, mean, Yeah, I see uh, here's uh, Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors is uh, is a target. But but with 50 tweets, do you, is there a strategy to this? I mean, or is it just impulsive? <laughs> I no, mean, nobody really knows it. No, and what's interesting? <laughs> what's interesting about this president? There will not be biographies written, even fifty years from now, where you really find out what's going on, because so much of it's in his own head. And unless he ever tells us, we'll never know. And, and if he tells us, we'll never know if this is the time he's telling yeah, us true. what he really thinks. Good because point. He tells us- he tells us conflicting things within 10 minutes all the time. Like, I, I, I really wondered. I've wondered this since he came on the scene, whatever, three years ago. Does he, does he wake up on Monday morning and think, geez, I don't know, I got a little crazy there with the tweets. I might want to. <laughs> or does he think that was awesome? Or does he just not think about it at all and he just moves forward? I think that Melania looks at him and says, you really went wild yesterday, honey. <laughs> and he says, yeah, I guess. And then he just goes and he does it again. Do you, have, do you have any idea of the setting for the 50 tweets? I mean, is he laying in bed flipping channels on the TV? Or is he in the Oval Office in his suit and tie, followed, surrounded by advisors, uh, discussing what the tweets should say and what impact they'll have? I, I don't have any idea. I believe he's in the residence for most, for, for most of these, because, uh, and this is one of those things that we all think we know, we're not entirely sure. But you know how when you see pictures of the White House in the north, uh, someone who's going to the Oval Office, and you'll see a Marine standing by the door? Yeah. The, I don't know if this is true or not, but everybody believes it, that when the Marine is there, the president is in the, is in, is in the West Wing. And when he's not, he, then, then that would mean he's in the residence or someplace else. Obviously, we know when he's left the building, So uh, when he's left 1600. So... Um, it looks like it looks as though he, most of the time he has spent he's doing this in the residence. Interesting. Well, there's no doubt he likes to watch his uh, his cable news, and we'll have uh, I've got a listing of the tweets and their topics. It's really quite interesting. I kind of understand how it happens because we have a we have 
20-some thousand people following us on Twitter. It should be a higher number. impressive. It's been the same number since, like, the day we announced Twitter, and it's never grown or shrunk. I don't know why. But anyway, um, uh, there'll be weekends where I'll tweet 15 times, and then maybe two weekends where I don't tweet at all. I mean, you know, I understand how you go through fits and spurts on that whole thing. Well, that's quite a spurt. Deborah J. Saunders is with us. (laughs) Deborah is the White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. In the time we have, Deborah, I want to get to the shaping battle between one pretty, pretty Gavin Newsom, the new governor of Corruptifornia, and Donald J. Trump. Now, Newsom is not only a, a progressive uh, counterweight to Trump, but he is clearly running in 2024 if Trump gets elected. God, if not 2020, but that conversation later. Interesting. Yeah, there is still plenty right. of time. If, if Well, wh- wh- why don't you, you know more than we do, what would be a scenario wherein Gavin Newsom would declare, say, uh, in the fall. Well, let's say that all of the big name candidates have problems. Let's say Kamala Harris has something that happens that just kills her candidacy, and same with Beto and Elizabeth Warren. And the party is desperate looking for somebody who uh, who's a different kind of face. Gavin Newsom could say could come out and say, "I'm that man. I'm the guy you've been looking for." And let's face it. There's one thing that Democrats want to do in 2020, that's beat Donald Trump. And if they think he's a guy who can beat Donald Trump, well, they're, they, they'll take a look at him. God, right. he, um, he checks a lot of the boxes better than a ton of the people that are actually running. Policy-wise, I think Gavin Newsom, Newsom has lost his freaking mind. On the other hand, his political skills, I think, are absolutely the equal of virtually anybody running. Yeah, I mean, he's look at he's the governor of California. That is no easy feat. He he he's wanted to be governor for a long time. We know he wants to be president. We know what he sees when he looks in the mirror and he starts whistling to himself, "Hail to the chief!" Right? A we know Greek that. God is what he sees. <laughs> His ex-wife is dating the president's son. <laughs> oh, that's, that'll be fun. That, that, that makes it even better, doesn't it? Yes. That checks another box. Yeah, I don't know what box that is, but. That's almost too good. It's pretty crazy. Oh, can you imagine the tweets that'll be flying back and forth? Oh, it'll be outrageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so what What are the other big battles we're going to see Gavin uh, representing, do you suppose? Well, I mean, the fact that Gavin Newsom came out and decided that he's sort of kind of going to commute the sentences of, of everybody on California's death row after campaigning, saying that he would enforce the the, the law, California's death penalty law. He said that specifically multiple times to newspaper editorial boards. Yes, worth noting. Yeah. And then he just gets in there and he just blows it all off and he decides he's going to do what he wants to do. And uh, that's a strategy that really sets him apart uh, from, uh, well, of course, I mean, it shows him a big flip-flopper. We know that. But also, you know, if you're thinking of running for president in 2020 or 2024, you're the guy who made the big move that uh, people on the left consider bold. Now, understand that when Donald Trump does this national emergency, everybody's having the vapors about how horrible this is to the constitutional process and the power of the purse that goes with Congress. Thoughts with which I agree. But somehow when Gavin Newsom does this with, with, the, with the death penalty, people are all thinking of how brave he was to do this and how principled he is. And I'm sorry, I just don't see it. Virtually everybody in politics puts on and takes off their principles like their clothing. If it gets hot, they take off their jacket. That's what principles are in politics. 
Um, you know, and anybody who doesn't understand that is a bit of a sap, in my opinion. On the other hand, it took me a while to come to that realization. So why am I not more charitable to our younger listeners? I don't know, Deborah. I'm imbalanced. Uh, I'm like the the president, according to Kellyanne Conway's old man. But uh, Deborah J. Saunders, White House correspondent for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Deborah, always fun, always enlightening. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. All right, we'll talk soon. There's absolutely a chance that Gavin Newsom, governor of California, gets into the race if if nobody really, st- you know. Oh, yeah. You know, we got the whole Beto thing over the weekend where a lot of your big progressive publications said, no way. Okay, so that might be the end of him. Who knows? And he can act like he's being dragged in. It's just the people have demanded me. I've been drafted. Did you know? hear his specific reasoning for why he just, by executive order, overturned the will of the people? His seven-year-old daughter said to him, Daddy, you've taught us it's wrong to kill, but the government kills people. Okay. And he said, you're right, honey. So, That's a good story. What does your child think about the economy, Gavin? <laughs> what does she think about, I don't know, regulations? Ask her. She's running a state. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The other number one seeds are UNC, UVA, and Gonzaga. And I have a theory. I know this might be controversial, but here it is. I don't believe Gonzaga exists. I have never heard the word Gonzaga outside of college basketball. I don't know where it is. I don't know anyone who went there. I don't even know anyone who knows anyone who went there. YouTube and search Gonzaga, all you will get are basketball videos, nothing else. <laughs> Gonzaga is the I have a girlfriend in Canada of college. <laughs> wow. It is true that you'd never hear about Gonzaga outside. You would never know it was a university if it weren't for March Madness. Private Catholic University, Spokane, Washington, Jack. They are a one seed. Fabulous, fabulous eight. school. You'd be privileged to go there. Privileged. March Madness this week, $8.5 billion will be spent in betting on that. And uh, George Will always points out from the Washington Post on this sort of thing, people go crazy when you hear the president will have to raise a billion dollars to run for president. We're, we willingly spend $8.5 billion on betting on the tournament. How and big a deal is it that people are willing to spend a billion and a half on a presidential election. Well, I, is it really that big a deal? Well, I guess the average contribution is what five bucks, maybe ten. The average is probably you know somewhere between five and ten. So yeah, that's not that much money, honestly. There are three hundred and thirty some million people in this country. So the president went on a tweet storm over the weekend. 50, 50 tweets or so in the course of two days. I just thought I'd run through them in general, so you can get an idea of it. Um, starting, uh, on the, the morning of the 17th, Saturday, uh, he, he retweeted an article about MS-13 guys murdering someone. Okay. Then he retweeted a video of, uh, somebody on CNN destroying the argument that he was somehow responsible for, uh, the mass shooting in New Zealand. Then he retweeted a point of view that I found really interesting. It's a guy who retweeted Tulsi Gabbard, the uh, Democratic uh, would-be president and and, uh, Democratic senator, 
who says short-sighted politicians and media pundits who spent the last two years accusing, accusing Trump as a Putin puppet have brought us the expensive new Cold War and arms race. How? Because Trump now does everything he can to prove he's not Putin's puppet, even if it brings us closer to nuclear war. So while she is impugning the president saying that he's now obsessed with proving he's not Putin's boy, she also says short-sighted politicians and media pundits have spent the last two years pumping up the Trump-Putin story when it's fake. So these are all retweets or links. So, so far. At that point, you're you're a publishing entity of some sort, aren't you? Does and, his profile clarify if retweets are endorsements? <laughs> and what does he have, 60 million followers? Is that uh, the right number? 59.1, yeah. So 60 million followers. He's a publisher with 60 million subscribers. He's a news feed. Yeah. And a pretty popular one. Moving along. Then he addresses Mary Barra, the CEO of General Motors in the Lordstown, Ohio plant. Then he moves along and he mentions the uh, Democrats trying to steal presidential election and then the failed insurance policy. Then he just tweets in all caps at the end of Saturday, make America great again. That's it. And then Sunday morning, General Motors and the UAW are going to start talks. Then the next tweet. Um, that uh, it's a continuation of auto plants in Ohio and international trade. I wonder if he got a new phone and he was just excited to have it in his hand. Then he tweets 93% approval rating in the Republican Party. Thank you. Then the next one, the Joe Biden joke about uh, you know him, his stumble. It wasn't a stumble, accidentally announcing. And says, get used to it. Another low IQ individual. <laughs> Jeez. Then the next one, the fake news media is working overtime to blame me for the horrible attack in New Zealand, etc. Then... Minutes later, wow, USA Today Suffolk poll states 50% of Americans agree the Mueller investigation is a witch hunt. Then he throws out the growth numbers, the economic growth numbers. Then he retweets a video from Sunday Morning Futures with Maria Bartiromo on Fox News. Because she he thinks she's hot. Then it's a tweet about the governor of Iowa managing the floods. Then our prayers are with the great people of South Dakota. What then a, it's a video from Life, Liberty, and Levin. What a great platform, though. You've got 60 million subscribers. You are a very big newspaper or whatever you are, website. Right. And you're getting all this information out targeted to people that are on your side. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a good idea. And I would assume all presidents will do it in the future. Here's his check for $100,000 to the Department of Homeland Security because he's donated his entire salary to different agencies throughout the government. You know, when... Uh, what's her name with the realtor eyes? AOC. Yeah, she got him. Her ability to use Twitter is is lauded as, you know, uh, forward-thinking and, and brilliant and all that sort of stuff. She's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that trump uses it for it's go, it's what people are going to do in the future yeah if you have a following well trump has it turned himself into his own uh, uh matt drudge essentially um not quite as wide-ranging but and it's via twitter there's the devin nunes suit against uh, twitter there's a video from tucker carlson on the russia hoax there's a video from sean hannity there's um a blast at the fake media fake news so lots of retweets Here's him calling Kellyanne Conway's husband a total loser. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He's a total loser. Yeah. Not a partial loser. No. You, did you? What are you, deaf? Total or, or not a totally occasionally wins. A total loser. And then uh, today he's tweeting about the economy and 
Facebook, Google, and Twitter, not to mention the corrupt media, are so on the side of the radical left Democrats. But fear not, we'll win anyway, just like we did before. Hashtag MAGA! Or MAGA, as people say. I say MAGA. Make America. Ma. Great. Again. MAGA. MAGA. <laughs> it's like PETA. I say PETA because it's people for the ethical treatment of animals. Okay, congratulations. It's not PETA. <laughs> All right. MAGA. Awesome. MAGA. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've descended into silliness. I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been driven there by these perilous times. <laughs> What's the QAnon thing again? I'm looking at that doofus in the courtroom who shot Frankie the mob boss on TV. Yeah. What's QAnon again? He had that uh, scrawled on his hand. The l- They're the conspiracy people? Yeah. Uh, Remember, uh, occasionally at a Trump rally, there'll be a person in a Q t-shirt? Yeah. Similar to kind of... Roseanne was into it. Similar area of like 4chan, right? Like really into conspiracy theory stuff. I don't recall if the Pizzagate stuff started from QAnon or 4chan, but that's similar circles. Yeah, they're really into the deep state thing, which I find uh, annoying because if you make it a little less exciting to just talk about the permanent gigantic government class, it's, it's... well, it's more accurate. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Twitter hit with a $250 million anti-conservative bias suit. You got college admission scandals prompting a change in the tax code. And we have the final word in Pillow Talk. Coming the up. final word in Pillow Talk. Can't even imagine what that means. That's coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Phenomenon. I, I, as I said yesterday in our, um, what's what do we call our podcast? We do after the show. One more thing. One more thing. Are you into one more thing? Oh, it's entertaining as heck. Find it wherever podcasts are sold. Um, iTunes or the iHeartRadio app. But I think Beto is a test for the nation on whether or not we're into policy oh. at all, at all. And we'll see. Yeah, I want to talk more about that because I, I can't decide if he's accidentally vacuous or if this is a carefully crafted and brilliant strategy to be in favor of absolutely nothing so nobody can say you're in favor of something bad just don't turn anybody off togetherness and and wanting to find a solution and ready to talk about this that's what he stands for Mm. might work News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, $250 million. That looks like the amount we all need to sue for. $250 million. Republican Congressman Devin Nunez is suing Twitter and several users for $250 million over what he claims is a bias against conservatives. In the suit that was filed in Virginia court, the California representative accuses the social networking group of silencing conservatives through what's called shadow banning. That's when a user's content is secretly blocked or made less visible to other users. He's blaming Twitter for knowingly monetizing content that is abusive and defamatory against conservatives, including himself. He believes the platform's purported partisan bias should open it up to liability for defamation. That is the suit that he has launched. He's suing the Devin Nunes cow account. His cow evidently uh, 
It tweets and slanders him regularly in the same way that we have quite a few accounts in our orbit from positive Sean's cat to Joe Getty's beard to Jack's <laughs> bald head. Is that it? To uh, Squawky the Eagle? I think it's simple Jack's head. Uh, right, right, yeah. yeah. The, the Squawky the Eagle account needs to watch itself, by the way. It's getting a little over the top. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. All right. Pentagon is giving Congress a list of projects that might be put off to pay for a wall along the southern border. President Trump declared a national emergency at the border last month, allowing him to access Defense Department funds for the border wall. The projects that could be cut have not yet been awarded to contractors, and Congress apparently has that list. The college cheating scandal may prompt a change to the tax code. Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon wants to ban tax deductions for donations to schools like USC, UCLA, and others that raise private money to fund infrastructure, research, and scholarships. The Democrat says his proposal would only apply to donations from parents while their kids are trying to get into a good college. Ah, that's interesting. (laughs) So if you donate money to a school while your kid's trying to get into yes. college, and I don't know how you'd nail down that period, because right. that could be anywhere from birth to 30. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not making a donation. I'm bribing some coach. That's the way you get in. Uh, he uh, aims to eliminate what he's calling a backdoor benefit for the wealthiest family. Which is the way it's always worked. Yes. When was the last time you got a new pillow? Experts say you usually need to get a new pillow every three years. I bought a $100 pillow Yeah, a couple of years ago, this Tempur-Pedic pillow. Wow. Kids are looking forward to USC. My, neck's, yeah. my <laughs> neck was hurting, and I thought, you know, if this would make it better, whatever. So a $100 pillow, which is ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I hated it. <laughs> and uh, and I went to take it back, and they said, no, no, it takes a while to get used to it. Right. You'll get used to it. Why? Right. Don't be impatient. I never got used to it, and it's just... Now you got a sore neck mm. and a sore ass. <laughs> so, what am I supposed to get, Marshall? Anyway, uh, you know, pillows, you hate your pillow. I do. All right, now... I, I like a thin pillow. I cannot yeah. sleep on a big, fat pillow. And mo- Oh, I'm a multi-pillow guy. Wow, hotels have oh, decided yeah. that big, fat pillows are the way to go, all and right, I just please, can't right. sleep at all with one of those. Ah. I might actually have to be a guy who brings my own pillow on trips. Wow, you I want a thin, thin You want your thin. head down low? No, you want your head at head level. I think it's because I'm a pinhead. I need my pillow to be just like a couple inches thick. Wow. No, I got to fold that oh. pillow in half. I'm, I'm, I'm doubling that up oh, to get, yeah, some, me too. To get some support. High yeah. five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there well, most people most like thick pillows or they wouldn't have them everywhere. Now, there are some ways to actually tell if it's time to get yourself a new pillow. First, lay your pillow across your arm. If it folds over like a saddlebag, it's time to ditch it. Yeah, there's that. You can also place your pillow on a firm surface and press down in the center, because a good pillow will pop back into place no, when you lift I don't hand. want any of those things. Send me your old, worn-out pillows. I like the one that drapes over your arm. It's all squashed down flat. Oh, That's what I want out of a pillow. That's perverse. Well, sleep experts say your best bet is to choose a medium-height pillow. It offers support for side sleeping and the shallowness needed for back sleeping. Well, you can get fitted for a pillow if I can get all princess and the pee on you. It's the distance between your yeah, shoulder. Yale. Those kids are going to Yale. It's the distance between your shoulder and your ear is different for everybody. And you're... Sure. Between sure. your shoulder and your the ear. The clavicular length is no, it's, uh, referred so to. So if I'm laying there. on my side, the pillow... Oh. 
You know, if you got a right, the right, right. Size, if it's too small, my head's down like this. If it's right. too big, my head's up like that. Neither one of those are good. I have a gel foam pillow that's thicker on one side than the other. So uh, if I need to switch, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it's thicker on one side than the other. <laughs> it's not one side or the other. It's like the front to the back as it lays that's on the, the back. That's the way my stupid Tempur-Pedic pillow is. Oh, I it's the best pillow ever. Ate it more. Oh, 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 oh. not enjoy this fine pillow. I might set it on fire when I get home today. That's, oh, that's reasonable. Well, it's just taking up space and it costs $100. It. That's good content. Do right. it on eBay. Right. <laughs> Live stream setting my pillow on fire. Uh, another day, we got another Major League Baseball contract record just set. Really? The, Somebody's worth more than Bryce Harper. Who is it? The California Angels have just signed outfielder Mike Trout to oh, a right. record $430 million oh, deal. Wow, beat the record by $100 million. Yes. $430 million deal. 12-year deal. And he's a really nice guy, as yep. opposed to a hat, Bryce Harper, who signed for $300 million. Yeah, yeah, it's not four hundred some million dollars. Yes. Wow, that is crazy. What about the nutritious trout? That's right. <laughs> anyway, again, it's said to be the largest contract in Major League well, Baseball in all history. of sports history. Yeah, probably in all of yep. North American yep. sports history. Yep. They will regret they regret that deal at some point down the road, but they're going for the glory right now, Marshall. Indeed, indeed, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Come on, Squawky. How, How many years did you say that was over? Twelve. Twelve years. Man, that's a lot of money. Yeah, they will be uh, in the dumps for many years paying off that contract and explaining that, listen, in 2031, we're going to be really well positioned to go after free agents. <laughs> Once we get this Trout contract <laughs> off the books. And poor old Mike Trout is, again, said to be a thoroughly decent guy, having blown out his knee sliding into second base seven years ago. We'll be saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the Angels. They get to move on now. Um, but, you know, what do I know? Have I ever run a Major League Ball Club? No, no you I have not. not. Two words, Barry Zito. You oh, don't know, boy, don't worry about it. But, yeah, Google it. Another um, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. There's so, a big old baseball fight. Uh, one of your superstars, he caught his teammates playing, um, what's that dumb video game everybody's playing these days? Is it the Fortnite? Fortnite, yeah, yeah. Carlos Santana put down Joe. his guitar and, uh... And, and was fighting teammates because they were playing Fortnite during a game. <laughs> night after night? Yeah. Some polling in USA Today on how America feels about uh, the Mueller report. It's kind of interesting. Not exactly what I would have guessed based on watching the news. Among other things on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That are good news for Trump. Seven in ten people think what the... polls? All of them. Most of them? All of them. Okay. Uh, CNN poll shows seven in ten Americans say the economy is good, have his approval rating ticking up to two, two points, and then this mm. USA Today poll that has 50% of Americans 
uh, believe the um, Mueller investigation is a witch hunt and that Trump has been subjected to more investigations than previous presidents because of his politics. That's a 50 to 47 yes versus no. So. Yeah, that's, you know, it's close, obviously, but that's that's electability numbers. Sure. Yeah. Uh, correspondent Jim Roop, <clears throat> excuse me, at Westwood One joins us. That was Bernie Sanders-esque. <clears throat> We're paying Jim $27 for this report. <laughs> uh, Jim Roop in L.A., how are you, Jim? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you. Allergy season has officially begun. Hey, a, a couple of really interesting stories we know you're uh, reporting on this morning. Let's get right to the virtual kidnap cases in Southern California. What's happening? This is something that's growing, not just in Southern California, but really there have been instances across the country. And some of it is fueled by social media, because uh, anybody who was perpetrating a scam like this can go to a social media site, uh, get your profile information, know all there is to know about your family, at least whatever it is you put out there, uh, and then be armed with information that could help them with their scam. Uh, call a parent, and this has happened uh, twice within a 24-hour period in Laguna Beach, Beach, that uh, a parent would be called, they would uh, be told that we have your son, we have your daughter, uh, you hear screaming in the background, so it appears to be real. Well, and the uh, number and, on your phone is your kid's number, right? Well, yeah, because at sometimes, that's not, it's not always the case, but sometimes a hacker can hack into a phone, uh, get into the contact information, and then make any other phone look like it's the phone number of the phone of the son or daughter. So that's not, that hasn't happened in every case, but right. it has happened. Right. But they so say they snatched the, up your kid and you've got to send money. Yeah. Yeah, this is my kid's phone, and my, I hear my kid, at least someone who sounds like my kid, screaming in the background while this kidnapper is saying and shouting. And what other thing the kidnappers, the virtual kidnappers do, is they shout, and they yell, and they demand. So it confuses everything. you got all the screaming in the background. You have this guy shouting, you send this money to this bank account right now or we're going to harm. And so there's just all this chaos that ensues, and then the panic increases in the parent, and, and they act. Uh, even though one of the parents said, that the gender got messed up because her daughter's name is Jordan, and the kidnapper referred to Jordan as a him. And even though that triggered this might not be real, the parent did panic. And one of the parents said that the phone number and the voice on the other end of the phone sounded so close to his daughter that he actually wired $5,000 to this account in Mexico. So it does work. Uh, but the FBI says, look, don't engage with them. Hang up and call the FBI quickly and then try to call the person who the phone should be. Uh, try to call them right away. Right, because your kid is fine in these virtual kidnappings. But uh, talk to us about the Nevada story where the, the cops are going to use technology to figure out if you're on your phone. What's happening there? This can't be tested yet because uh, the Arizona legislature hasn't passed the bill. Once it is passed, they'll be able to start testing in the field this textilizer they're calling it. Uh, in the event of an accident, a uh, police officer can ask for the phone of the driver, plug it into this machine to see if the phone had been used uh, right around the time of the accident. When was the last time uh, a text message screen came up or Facebook was, uh, was, app was engaged or whatever the terminology is for that? Mm-hmm. Uh, to see if the if distracted driving might be the cause of the accident, a violation of the texting while driving law, and therefore uh, criminal charges. The problem comes in, uh, first of all, if there's a passenger in the car, the driver can always say, sure. well, hey, look, sure. the passenger was using it. Or if it's a, a hands-free device, 
if there's, uh, you know, I mean, the, you don't have to be holding the phone anymore with all the voice technology that's out there. Uh, and then there's the Fourth Amendment issue, search and seizure. There's the privacy issue. We've been doing so much to protect the information on our phones that handing it over to a police officer now uh, compromises. Right, that, that's a that's a good that's a good question right there. I mean, if they if if that if every time you get into an accident, they get to look through all your texts to see if any happened. Or I mean, that ain't cool. Or or just ask, hey, can I uh, look at your cell phone? Unlock it for me. I just need to. T- Take a quick glance. Then you've you've granted them permission if you right. hand it over, right. not knowing your rights. Right. Uh, and a little, it would work the same way as a breathalyzer. If you refuse it, you know, in the state of California, if you refuse a, a breathalyzer, or if you fail the breathalyzer, even if you pass the breathalyzer, or if you refuse the 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 um, the blood test or the urine test, your your license is taken away uh, right away. So the, it it might. Well, have that's no good. Good. That that no. that 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 happens when there's reason to suspect you might be drinking. But if they're going to go with every single wreck, you might have been texting, which, of course, could be the case. Yeah, interesting. Hey, a little confusion there, Jim. Is this Nevada or Arizona? Uh, I'm sorry, Nevada. What did okay. I say? Well, I think you said Arizona, but that's Dry, right. Dry, hot, sandy Very states. Sandy. Yeah, you know Very what we're talking sandy. about. Yeah, but where's the border? Nobody knows. <laughs> Working on a story. I'm working on a story now out of Arizona. There's this big battle going on between a divorced couple and their embryos. So I had Arizona on my mind. I apologize. Wow, that. Well, that sounds Which interesting. Which is my favorite too. Glenn Campbell song. Yeah, very obscure but tuneful. <laughs> Jim Roop in Los Angeles. Jim, always enlightening. Thanks, brother. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Arizona on my mind. That's a good one. <laughs> um, oh boy, sing along if you know the words. Do you like records like I do? Like achievements or, or, or setting or new records, songs on plastic, setting new records. Oh, yeah. We may have the world's heaviest baby that was born the other day. They're checking oh. around the world to see if it happened, if it's true. I'm not easily impressed. It's well over 15 pounds. Oh, jeez. He is like a little baby. I'm impressed. Ah! The size of most six month olds. Holy cow. This girl weighed well over 15 pounds. You got to recount that. Is that two kids? That might be two kids. Maybe the one's just right behind her. <laughs> They're checking around various places. Like they, they checked with India, which is one of the biggest countries in the world. They said, no, we've never had a baby that heavy. Not um, so big as that. <laughs> that's the baby right there. That is a, that's a BFB. Wow, man. That is a solid kid. Yeah. USC offering a phony scholarship to that kid to play football right now. Is it a, a gal or a fella? It's a girl. It is? Okay. Yeah. The, stork must, have, the stork must have been on steroids, Joe. <laughs> I get it. It says here. Because the baby's heavy. Yes, I get it. Stork wouldn't normally Said be heavy. I get it. Carrying, oh, okay. <laughs> That's a big baby. <laughs> yeah, Gotta be a C-section. Very now. good chi- I would wager that I was probably the heaviest baby on this show. I don't know what I weighed, so. I was over 10. Oh, oh. you easily, yeah. I know I, wasn't, I know I wasn't 10-pound baby, which is yeah. a good band. 10 pounds, 10 ounces. Good synergy. Wow. wow. How did we uh, enter the world, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, emergency What a smile C-section. on his face. Yeah, yeah. 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 My head was too big. Yeah, they they thought little D was going to be over ten pounds, which is funny how, given how petite she is. But you do have a big head. What size hat do you wear? Uh, the Nine? size right under an eight, I think. Okay. Oh please, he's got a pinhead. You're a seven and seven eight. I think so. Yeah, that's pretty big. You're bigger than I that. I could hit. I could fit his head and a good sized muskmelon inside my skull. <laughs> what size hat do you wear? Oh, it's enormous. It's like 8 and 3 quarters. It's it's, it's one size below college mascot. <laughs> 
No, I can't <laughs> is, remember. Is it eight something? It no. might be. It might be. That's it enormous. Might be seven seven eights, but I. It's it's. Do it's I need to find large. a tape measure so we can we it's, can measure our heads? It's huge. I'm a seven and three quarters, and I they usually don't have my size yeah. when I go to buy a hat. Well, now you know how I feel. <laughs> Please. I, you know, I might as well just paint my face orange and go represent a college. On a Everything just field. turns into a novelty tiny hat on Joe. <laughs> right, exactly. Put on bear paws and just walk around. Hey, go William, on. move your head. Look at the size of that boy's head. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. You're going to give the boy a complex. Oh, that's a huge noggin. It's a virtual planetoid. Has its own weather system. Heat. Move! Ah, the great Mike Myers. Who could forget him? <laughs> so I made brief reference to this story a couple of minutes ago. It was actually the end of the season last year. Philadelphia Phillies and their star first baseman, Carlos Santana. Oh, yeah, come over. Uh, goes, uh, dips into the locker room real quickly and uh, sees um, a bunch of his teammates playing Fortnite. And he went crazy and smashed up the TV and... And custom out and the rest of it and and some of the articles about that. But then God they talk damn. about how all sorts of major league baseball teams have had to institute new clubhouse rules. You can't play video games during the game. You got the coolest job in the world. You made it. I'm not playing You're today. You're one in a gazillion. I'm bored. You watch the games so you see what happens, so what this guy's tendencies are for next time or hey, we whatever. We got scouts that they give me a spreadsheet. They tell me all that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really, really into Fortnite. Wow. And so, yeah, all the teams are having to institute new How about rules. all the fans who paid to watch this game because they thought it was the most entertaining thing they could do with They're their time? They're playing Fortnite on their phones. Game's too slow pace. Speed it up. Wow. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.